Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Maura Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Fat Field Family Podcast. My name is Danny Vega, and I'm joined by my wife, Maura. How are you, my love? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. This is podcast number two for the day. We're recording. Do you feel better? Yeah, I feel better than I did in the first podcast. <laughs> it's so true. Uh, I was in a funk. I was in a funk this morning. Like I was trying to, I had some issues with uh, the computer, and it was like, I have timelines that I have to follow for the day. And if I don't follow them, then I start to get backed up, and that's a disaster for me yeah. with, with all the things that I do. Yeah. So... Um, but we had a great first one and now we're super excited because this week we're joined by Vivica Menegas and she's a certified whole food nutritionist, health blogger, published author. She's a prominent thought leader in ketogenic and paleolithic diet and lifestyle practices, as well as one of the world's leading voices for a food-based approach to healing. She's the founder of the Healing Foods Method, which is a 14-week online nutrition program where she works one-on-one with clients to achieve breakthrough results in their health by utilizing therapeutic ketogenic diet for healing, which she calls keto paleo. paleo and I absolutely love that. Love it. Um, she's Italian and she's a passionate cook whose ketogenic, paleolithic, and carnivore-based res- uh, recipes and nutrition advice have been shared with millions through her blog, The Nourish Caveman. She's also the host of the Keto Paleo Life, a video interview series where she talks about innovative health and diet practices with some of the industry's most influential thought leaders. Um, we're just super excited to talk to her. Welcome to the show, Vivica Menegas. How are you? Thank you, guys. I'm so happy to be here. And I love you guys' work. And I'm so excited and honored to be here with you today. Thank you. It's so cool that you you feel that way. Like we said before we were recording, like we feel the same. We've been following you for years. So uh, we we get more excited talking to people that share the same passions as we do than we would like with a movie star or like a musician. (laughs) Or maybe depending on the musician, it might be be not as much. (laughs) Well, all right. Well, let's get to it. And we're going to go... Go big on the first one. We always do. So what, what is the most critical problem you are currently trying to solve? Ah, that's a really good question. And for me, of course, um, it's always something that is in my head and in my practice because, you know, um, I'm a practical person. I need to resolve practical issues for my clients every day. But then I also look at the bigger picture because I always have an eye on the bigger picture. Like, where is humanity going right now? What's uh, sustainable for our planet? You know, so it's like trying to balance these two things. And for me, that came out the way that I would say that what I'm doing right now, that's really I'm trying to resolve is the connection in the human being, like see my clients, you know, between the realms of emotional, spiritual, and physical, and how the different aspects of our emotional life, for example, translate into problems that are called disease. And so I was talking to a client this morning and I was like, what we're doing is we're looking at your health, but we're looking at your health in an holistic way so that we're connecting like the disease. So what the symptoms like you have, for example, your hair is falling out or you can't lose weight. 
So we're connecting that kind of tip of the iceberg down into what are the habits that created that symptom. So the self-sabotaging behaviors or, you know, possible habits, lifestyle, diet habits that have created a symptom. And then we're going one step deeper and we're looking at the mindset that creates those habits. So you know, it's like one, two, three steps, but you kind of work your way way backwards <laughs> from the <laughs> symptom to the root cause. And it goes as deep as the individual person lets me go in their life, but I like to go deep personally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no other way because I think when the, the most uh, darkest and sheltered places are the ones that need the most work. That's why we're that's why we're keeping them dark and sheltered. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right. And it's also where you find the juicy goods, though, because like, you know, these are our lessons that we're here to learn. And if the lesson, you know, man, you guys, I have to share this with you. But this morning, this client was telling me about her, you know, her struggles with her health and her weight. And then she told me that her friend. So we've been working together for several months and like very slowly getting into like cleaning our body, detoxing, eating better, lifestyle habits. And it's just this low gradual process and she hasn't been able to lose weight yet while her friend instead went to the weight loss clinic got prescribed a drug and within like three months she lost like 40 pounds like really fast and she's on this drug now and she's like well she looks so happy and I get down on myself for taking all this time and I'm still not able to lose weight and I think this really summarizes what I do and the perspective that I think you guys also share about the way that we can do this work, because like a lot of our society really gets caught up in the end product and the very surface, you know, of like, I look good. That's all it that matters. Right. But, yeah. you know, the approach of like, what does it matter? You look good. Yes, that's great. We all want to look good. No problem. I have no problems with that. Yeah. Right. But what's the price? What's the cost of that looking good? You know, and like, how deep do we want to go? Of course, every individual has a different level of death that we want to get to. Like, yeah. what is right for you? You know, but like, again, what are we looking at? Just my personal ego and like where I need to look good because, you know, it fulfills me, but like is using a drug something that's actually beneficial to more than just me? What does it feed? What kind of chain of repercussions does it feed? Where is my money going with that? And where is my health going to in, in the long term? You know, just the instant gratification. And I, you know, I saw Danny that you guys were talking about that with your kids about instant gratification <laughs> versus yeah. delayed gratification. Yeah. And I know that, yeah, you guys are definitely on it on that one. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you, it's, it's so true what you said about us being aligned. We really are so aligned because, you know, Maura and I, we, we always, we want to talk about the stuff. We're not talking about macros and, in keto all day we're not yeah. we're, we're talking about like how are we going to educate these boys what are what are we missing where are we and you know we want to actually talk about that more and and for me like what would bring me the most joy is to help people in that way to to help right. them you know with all those other things but you're so right it's like 
I can sell. It's about so much more, though. Yeah, but look, look perfect example because we we talked about this. I can sell the carnivore keto cut, and I can get so many people to buy that in one second because I'm promising them abs and I'm promising them to look good in the in a in a swimming suit. But if we create a program that's going to help right. you with your family, get healthy, get them on board, you know, improve your connection with your kids. That program doesn't sell as well because it's 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 there's no instant benefit. It's going to take yeah. work, you know, and it's it's a hard yeah, thing. It's human it's, nature, it's hard but you to have to deal with. But that's what we want to get to also. Right. And you have to deal with that. And, and it does the work. And that's why we find it so important to do it with our kids because they're starting. I mean, they're so much at this point, like way ahead of us, you know, because mm-hmm. I, I was that person that. I didn't care what the price was. Yeah. I want to look good. I will starve. I will take the drug. Yeah. I will. If you got I will diarrhea, drink coffee all day because you got to mm-hmm. lose some weight. <laughs> yeah, and it's just that mentality, um, you know, and on just the 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 input too that you're getting from everyone around you, and it's not about that, you know, like it's just not. It's about health and and your mind and and just having a good relationship with food and about food food as fuel. And we try to teach that to our kids, you know, so. Um, they're, they're awesome. I mean, really. Yeah. I, you know, and I also want to say you guys that if you are that person that just cares about your looks, that's okay too. There is no judgment here. We're all at different places, you know, like we all went through that. I was that person too. Like in my twenties. Hey, I'm still, I can still be that person. I I still, I I mean, I like to look good. Who doesn't like to look good? I feel like we all want to look good. Right? No, no, absolutely. It's just, it's an evolution. And so like, I think it's important though, to have good role models for that evolution and like, I want to try to be the best possible role model by doing right. the right thing myself and like evolving through my different phases of life where like, you know, first, like I have to start myself to look good, but now I know that I don't have to do that because I've learned what's in between. So if I can embody that knowledge and show people, especially women, like I'm 50 now, you guys, you know, it's no wow. joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you suddenly you're like, oh, dang it. What happened? Oh, man. It's like, unbelievable you know, that you're 50. And then menopause hits you and you're just like, oh dear. (laughs) You know, I want to be a real road model of the struggles, but also how we can navigate the struggles in a good way, in a real way, but in a positive way that is not just for me and my, you know, little world, but for, for all of us, we're all in this together. And that's, you know, if there is one message that I try to convey all the time is like, we're not isolating our little bubbles. We are all this together if we don't open up our mentality to having like the collective mentality and raising up to that mentality that we're you know either gonna float together or we're gonna sink together (laughs) you know then everything we do will be a little different you know because like why is it important to be eating sustainable you know conscious food is because that supports the planet and not just supports our health it's all connected so i think that you know is my main message at this point and going back to your first question on what I'm working on um, it's that connection from like you know your from your symptom to the root of the symptoms and then connecting it back to the everything and you know so that we can do this work together and be mutually supportive and not destroying 
Love that. Love I love I love the the one thing that I think is even even more unique because already you're you, very unique. You have the you have the connecting all of these different areas, but um have having people think about like how this affects the world around them. That's one thing that, you know, that's that's unique because, you know, we we don't think about those things and I used to not think about those things and then like all you have to do is tell me, for instance, I'll give you an example. <laughs> all you have to do is tell me that, you know, plastics are going to increase my estrogen. What? Wait a second. Okay, mm-hmm. let's stop this plastic. I, I had been and, trying to get him to yeah, ditch plastic like for years. You and know, then he heard paleo. something about estrogen, and he's like, "Oh, let's." Yeah, like, I had to read like I had to actually read his book. Yeah, to like after the, he read the book, he's yeah. Like, when I read the book, and and like and so you know, funny. I tell things to people because you know the, the the typical dude that when you're talking to a dude is like, you know, oh my gosh, you're not even gonna bring that up because it's you're gonna it's already like a taboo like to be like talking about things, and then I'm like, but wait. This is affecting your food supply. Like literally yeah, mm-hmm. the food that you eat is you're affecting this. So right. pay attention to this. And and I, I really love that. I, I love that um unique perspective because it's true. Like even if it is healthy, even if it does make you look good, like how is it being harvested? How is it where does it come from? How does it what are the consequences? Right. And um, you know, it, that that for some reason it's it's it, you know, especially dudes, I don't know why it, it, it comes up and they're like, ah, you know, yeah, whatever. It <laughs> it's weird. Until you start talking about man boobs, I'm sure they, they yeah. want pectoral <laughs> muscles, but not boobs. And then it's like, oh yeah, it could affect me. You know, I don't want man boobs. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that's where, that's where I'll always begin the focus. <laughs> You know, I'll, I'll I'll talk about the, all those things, and then and oh, by the way, yeah, that's it's affecting the world. You know, it's affecting your environment, and you know, these are very real things beyond the, the fact that it's just it's just morally wrong, for instance, to to, to litter or something like that. But right. you know, on top of that, like we're affecting our food supply, we're affecting our environment, the air we breathe, all these things. So um, I, I want to switch over to something because I thought this is cool because especially when you know people think about Italian food, they're always thinking of like pasta and tiramisu (laughs) and you know i want to hear about the foods that you ate growing up because this this i think would be very um it would help people understand why it's important to be to start young start young and eat a variety of foods yeah, and I know, like, I've been looking at your Instagram, Danny, and it just makes me get the biggest smile on my face every time. We're like, I'm like, oh, thank goodness, there is somebody else that's crazy like me out there. <laughs> I'm just saying, when I see your plates, I'm like, I would eat the crap out of that. I would eat that. <laughs> that is my type of plate right there. Yeah. 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 So I grew up, you know, like eating things like liver, fried brains, pickled fish, you know. Yeah. And like, yeah on a regular basis like we ate nose to tail but that is not italians are kind of like i guess superficial like that they didn't eat nose to tail for the sustainability of it but because it tastes good (laughs) (laughs) it works for me (laughs) you know like because italians love food we just totally love food like food really is like one of my biggest passions and it's also like you know it's giving my joy to people seeing them eat well and nourish themselves and enjoy the food but like you know in i grew up 50 years ago in italy we didn't have a lot of processed foods like we didn't have packaging foods and candy and all of that it's just not in our tradition 
traditions. So I was very lucky also to be raised in a restaurant because my mom and my grandma had a restaurant when I was a little kid. So the chef was making all this incredible stuff. And I got to like, I remember being two, three years old and running around in the kitchen, which they wouldn't let you do nowadays in the States <laughs> or even in Italy because like, you know, it's dangerous. But I was a little kid. I remember <laughs> grabbing onto the chef's leg and like, you know, running around in the restaurant on the serving carts and playing with those. <laughs> amazing and I have a lot of funny stories that can get a little crazy but (laughs) I ate what everybody else ate there was in my world there was never a separation between the kids menu and the adults menu it's like oh that's huge that's a big pet peeve of ours I'm so so offended by kids menus at all times I'm like what Uh, is this It's always it's the like same. Kids, yeah. And it's like, well, in the States, it's really dysfunctional. But it's also like putting down your children and limiting their ability mm-hmm. to enjoy food. Good you food. know, it's like yeah. kids are like, what? They're like not able to handle or enjoy food like an adult. Why? Why would that be? It's very kind of a limiting boxing in your children into just little cubes. But yeah, mm. like in Italy, kids now it's changed a little because like America's yeah. influence is really over, you know, bearing over every culture. But yeah. it definitely like, you know, I love fried brains. As a kid, that was like the biggest street that my mom could make me, you know. Wow. Is, it, it, uh, is it like a specific like goat or, or which animal? No, cow. No. Oh, cow. Okay. I've never had big... brain. I, I, I've been dying you to try never... it. I heard it what? with eggs. <laughs> Never, never. I, I'm always looking for it, but I never can find it. So you need to go because of the whole mad cow scare. And now like brains are not even sold anymore. So when I went... Yeah, but that, the weird thing, isn't that not even affected? I heard that the brains uh, isn't even affected or is it, is it? can it be affected? It could have been affected. But this, the thing is that there was a very specific instance due to certain very specific condition. So that would never happen in an animal that was like pastured. And grass yeah. fed, you know, grass fed, even not grass finished they could be grain finished but if they're pastured that cannot happen you know it's it was because of what they fed the animals they fed them basically their own body parts and that yeah that's just not right cows are not supposed to eat that they're supposed to eat grass maybe have a little touch of grain on top to like you know enrich their food but just as a sprinkle (laughs) you know and if they eat their natural diet such diseases will never come about and we ate brains in many cultures like even in india like they eat brains like there are um i ate brain curry a number of times that is in like a traditional indian dish and it's always cow brain and sometimes it can be you can eat pig's brain you can eat uh, lamb's brain in the states i could never find a cow's brain unless i bought the whole animal and then I had to be there at processing day when the animal was processed and grabbed my body parts because what they do, even when you buy a whole steer, a lot of times if they have it in the processing fa- facility, they will take the organs from you. And I oh, thought that's what they do with it. Yeah, yeah because they're, they're just, people don't want the organs. So recently... My boyfriend and I bought a steer. Uh, like, well, he bought it. I kind of pushed him towards it, but then he was like, <laughs> "Make sure you get me the liver, the heart, and like anything else that we can get." So I got like actually a couple extra livers and hearts because nobody else wanted them. Oh, that's and, amazing! Oh, yeah, I know. I was super happy. Did you get but, the testicles? 
You know what? Well, I have prob- not. I have not eaten testicles yet. <laughs> I haven't either. Um, I haven't either. But I, 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 I hear that. it's really good sliced. It remind. It reminds Ew. me when I see pictures. It looks like like tongue. Like the the the, mm-hmm. the same. The texture. Yeah, the texture looks like tongue. So I'm like, hey, I love tongue. Oh my god. Yeah, no, I love tongue, and I know that in Italy they are eaten as part of the organs that we eat. I just never had the opportunity. I guess maybe that the steers we bought were female. It's possible. Oh, it's possible. <laughs> I don't remember, but yeah, I didn't have the opportunity. And like my, I have a friend in Chico who raises sustainable sheep. And so I used to go there when I lived near Chico, California. I used to go there a processing day and I would get the sheep heads from her sheep when they were like butchered. And I would come home with like six or seven sheep heads and then I would like harvest all the brains. They would oh cut them in gosh, half for me. So much collagen in the, in the, in the, all that There's, stuff too. It's so good. It's like wow. the most buttery. It's like kind of like marrow, but more buttery. And it's just really delicious. I don't know. I like fatty stuff. So hey, yeah. listen, I, I, like I said, I, I'm excited to try it with, with eggs, like scrambled with eggs. That's what I, it just seems mm-hmm. like a delicious mixture. And if it's like marrow, oh my gosh, like I love marrow. Right. What I would do, you can fry it. So you boil it first. If you got a whole brain, you can just boil it. And I would put some like rosemary and maybe bay leaf to boil it for like maybe just 10, 15 minutes. So it gets like solid. Then you cool it down. You peel it from the skin, the outer skin. You want to peel that off. And then you can slice it and like either fry it in butter or you can bread it in like coconut flour or almond flour and then fry it in ghee or coconut oil. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, you got it. So you, so it's kind of like the tongue where you you boil it and then it, it has an outer film, and yeah. then you after <laughs> you boil it, you take the outer film off. Yeah, that's the best way to do it, and it, it's not as labor as intensive, but it's more like a weekend meal, maybe like you know, or you get a bunch and you make it ready, and then it's just ready to go. Once it's boiled, it's ready to go. You can keep it in the fridge or freeze it, and then you can have it. Anytime. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna look for it now. I'm on a I'm gonna be on a mission now. <laughs> you might be able to get it on US Wellness. They have a lot of organs there. They don't have brains though. I don't no, they don't have brains. Yeah. yeah, that's probably hard to get. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's get into a little bit of like the hormonal stuff because it's such a problem now. You know, everyone has hormonal issues. Um. And you know, I hear a lot of people saying like, "Oh, what can I take for my liver? I gotta do a liver detox," but. There's more that goes into this, isn't there? I mean, can you explain the process that has to occur in regards to supporting the certain pathways and preparing the body for a detox? Like you can't just detox your liver. <laughs> yeah, that's. thank you for bringing that up, Maura. I think it's a really big point because yes, at least there is talk about detoxing, which is great. And there is awareness that now it's more, people are more aware of that importance of detoxing. But I also want to stress the importance of doing detoxing right because yeah. Little um, physiological details. So in the liver, there is phase one and phase two of detoxing, and they're both very important because the toxins need to be made from fat base to water base so they can be excreted through your bowels and the sweat and your urine. 
So it's very important that this, the toxins get conjugated in the liver so they can get out. Because otherwise what happens, if your liver is not able to complete that process, toxins start bouncing back. And when they do bounce back that, you know, from phase one, they're not then fully completed and, and put out, shuttled out, they're even more toxic. Wow. So if you don't do that process right, you can actually kind of retox yourself even worse. And one thing like, you know, a lot of people think I'm going to do a juice detox. Well, a juice detox will never really work because guess what? Toxins need to be bound to proteins in order to be made water soluble and pooped out and peed out. Oh. Sorry, my English. I'm very graphic here. No, but no, no. Okay. I want to get the All the messaging. poop and pee talk you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a practitioner. I talk poop all day. <laughs> oh my gosh! I love it. It's I important. It. it is. It is important. important. Yeah. 100%. And this is going to be the, the quote of this episode. Yes. Poop is important. Poop matters. I know. I know, right? Poop matters. I like it. That'd be my next Instagram quote. (laughs) Poop matters. I I love Mara. (laughs) (laughs) Mara and I will be hashtagging each other. Like I love it. Yep. (laughs) I love it. I I love it. So that's that's. Is it is it because is it oxidized? Is that why uh, when it bounces back out? Well, so what happens is that, you know, there are all these different ways that the liver conjugates the toxins. So there is methylation, that's one of the pathways, oxidation, et cetera, et cetera. But they need to be bound to proteins. And so if you don't have enough proteins coming through the diet as you're doing this detox process, what happens is that the body has to break down muscle, God forbid, to to make, to continue detoxing. Or if it can't even to do that, then the toxin is going to bounce back. So it means it gets recirculated and it and goes back into circulation half like it's, you know, it comes in through the fat molecule, then it's broken down and added to a protein molecule so that if it's not completing that process, it can bounce back and now it's kind of active. And so that's how it goes and attaches itself to other parts of your body. And this is simplifying it a lot, but to get the picture, how important it is for us to have the proper nutrition to support this detox process. So juice cleanses, the way they work is just they're an elimination diet. So you remove a bunch of other bad stuff that you're eating. So that's why you're like, you get the detox in effect. Yes, but that's just a detox reaction from your body kicks into detox the moment that you stop putting toxins in. It's Mm -hmm. a natural process. We want to support that process. And also the very important thing that Mara hinted at is we want to support what I call drainage and is like the ability of your detoxing organs to be able to work. So your liver, your kidney, even your skin, your lungs, um, especially liver and kidneys, they're big pathways. So we need to be able to support those drainage pathways with the proper nutrition. So it's the foods, sometimes it's supplementation, sometimes it's herbal supplements that gently kind of like push the body into doing certain things. Then once you have established that working, you can go into a little bit more aggressive of like a toxin pusher 
And usually a lot of people use isolates. So they're like, you know, chemical derivatives made in the lab. They're like, you know, high power and they're also called nutraceuticals. They're, mm-hmm. Why are they called nutraceuticals? Because they work as pharmaceuticals. They work just like a drug. And in my world, I don't use drugs because the body has its own intelligence and it has its own processes that happen at its own pace. So we want to be able to support the natural processes of the body and not force them. So we gently, and when we use herbal remedies, so the herbs are kind of the natural equivalent of drugs. So phytochemicals, phytonutrients are kind of acting in the same way as a drug, but because they are, again, a food almost, you know, that our body recognizes them and can use them in a more <clears throat> aligned way to the whole kind of holistic balance, you know, the homeostasis of our body. Well, when we use a drug, it's a chemical and our body is like, what the heck is that? You know, and, and yes, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like it's forcing you to do certain thing. It may be forcing the toxins like chelation, you know, it forces the metals out of your cells. But then is your body ready to let them go? Maybe you're not ready. You're too weak and you have nowhere to go. And then they start, you know, bouncing back. So you can do damage by trying to force the body with things that are not maybe the best idea, you know, for the body itself. Um, There are a lot of different varieties of things out there and, you know, a lot of different ways of working. In my world, I try to be aligned with our natural processes so that, you know, we don't do harm. And it's like the first principle of a doctor, right? You guys do Mm -hmm. no harm. Yes, Yes, exactly. What does that really mean, right? Yeah. Like, at what level can we take it? Do no harm to the body. Is a drug really causing no harm? That's good question there to ask. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. Questionable. Yes. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting, especially when, like, I can understand, and, and this is probably a good segue, too, because we'll, I'd love to talk about thyroid with you. Like, if someone doesn't mm-hmm. have thyroid hormone, they're taking thyroid hormone. Like, to me, that makes sense. But if someone has high cholesterol, so then they're taking a statin to lower their, their LDL for some reason or, you know, whatever – that's a whole different story. Uh, would you put something like a thyroid hormone uh, in the same, I guess that would be considered a, a category? A yeah, like a nutraceutical? Yeah, that's a really good question, Danny. And like, I would say yes and no, because um, so thyroid is a complicated matter, but that's right. <laughs> yes, keep, it is. Right. Keep yeah. it simple here. So, um, the way I would say yes is because like <clears throat> it's kind of in the same category because we're we're adding an external element into the body that does have a chain reaction. Mm-hmm. So does your body need thyroid hormones? And when the thyroid is not able to produce them, will the maybe synthetic or maybe you know whole thyroid desiccated help you with your symptoms and help you at the cellular level? Yes. Yes, for sure, it's going to eliminate symptoms. It's going to feed you the hormone that you need. But then the no is like what happens is that it gives a feedback loop to the thyroid itself and the brain that there are hormones in sufficient amounts. So guess what? Your thyroid gets the message. First, your pituitary gets the, the memo. Oh, you got hormones down there. All right. So I'm going to signal the thyroid to slow down anyways because you don't need hormones. So hmm. you're fueling a negative feedback loop that is right. like your HPT axis, hypothalamus pituitary 
secondary thyroid. And it, it's a HPT and then receptor level. And that's how it works in our endocrine system. There is all these different feedback loops. So when the hormone is present at the receptor level, you get it like a message sent out to your brain that it, your gland needs to slow down because there is plenty of hormone. Is that actually helping the healing of your thyroid? No, it actually shuts down the thyroid even more. So it's a danger of like wanting, so you really need to consider this carefully when you need to supplement with a hormone downstream, we call it, so at the receptor level. And then you can do that for a while as you're trying to heal the actual gland involved. And that might be okay, but it needs to be very targeted and careful so that you give relief to the body as you're healing the gland. But unfortunately, that's not what doctors do because they don't know how to heal the thyroid, for example, or the pituitary or the hypothalamus. And so they just give you the drug, send you home, end of the day. (laughs) And so what happens? You're stuck taking a thyroid medication for the rest of your life because it just keeps compounding the problem. And how many of your listeners have been on thyroid medication for 10 years and they have to keep raising it up, raising it up, raising it up? it up you know yeah i have yeah. a lot of people that come to me with that issue and they're well, like they put, yeah they put me on it at one point and then i yeah was like no yeah she just <laughs> got i think it was after the pregnancy right? it was after something do, yeah like yeah i think it was after my first, pregnancy. first pregnancy and then yeah i was doing paleo and i was like nah i don't yeah. need that <laughs> and, and this is this is uh this is for me like such an interesting subject because i really do think that like thyroid issues are at the heart of a lot of the issues that people are having. And, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you because, you know, obviously I, I'm interested in your point of view because I, I previously thought, you know, you know, I, I can see how thyroid hormone, like desiccated, you know, thyroid would be a good option, but I, I would like to see, you know, kind of, if you could walk us through, like, let's say you have a, a, a client and, you know, obviously we're assuming she's getting everything. She's getting T3, T4, free T3, free T4, reverse T3, thyroid antibodies. And then she comes back and now it's, it's, it's obvious that, you know, she has her, she has either, let's say she has a, I don't know, an autoimmune issue and her thyroid is, is pretty much not functioning. Um, mm-hmm. In your person, how do we say this where we say, hey guys, this is a disclaimer. We're not giving out health advice. <laughs> 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 like just, you know, personal off the record opinion, however you want to put it. What, um, what, what is the... What well, is I can the, talk about myself because I was... Oh, person. yeah. Okay, um, perfect. Yes. And yes, I, I usually tend to not do this because like people are like, what would you do in that case? And then they tend to replicate and want to replicate for themselves. Right, right. Yeah. But yes, word of caution. We are all <laughs> different. And even though there is very similar scenarios, we don't know where this problem is coming from in you, Jane or Joe or, you know, Mary. Right. So don't just take this as, you know, this case study as like the Bible, because it could be very different from any of you listeners. And then, you know, just be mindful that you can't apply a generic example to your individual cases. I see a lot of problems that happen. A lot of people try to do that. But so in my case, I was, you know, I started out with hypothyroidism and then Hashimoto's numbers started coming up, you know. Mm. And so I refused to take any medication because I'm doctor and medication phobic. Did I have some (laughs) symptoms? Yes. 
I decided to deal with my symptoms as I was going for the root cause. And that was my personal decision. So is that wrong to want to add in uh, maybe like a whole desiccated like armor or, or you know, um, there are better products than armor, by the way, um, that are more natural. So you can ask your doctor or your practitioner to look at the ingredients. There are some that are cleaner. Um, but is that wrong to do that for a while? No, but like you really need, I, I recommend to work with holistic practitioners. There are not a lot of people that do integrative endocrinology, unfortunately, and can understand the correlation. Like Danny, you just say something and you say, um, there are a lot of people that have thyroid problems that are, you know, um, that's a big reason why A, B, and C. Actually, <laughs> sometimes we put the cart in front of the horse oh, that a makes lot sense. of times. Yeah, that makes sense. Because there are these feedback loops and the thyroid, being the master regulator gland of the body, actually is the other way around, is that the health of the thyroid really depends on all these other systems of the body, like your digestive system, very important, your gut, you know, your liver and the ability to detox. And then there is the nutrients that you're having or not having. So nutrient deficiencies, those are the pillars of thyroid health and also your general hormonal health. So it's not like the thyroid is what causes those problems. The thyroid will cause a symptom, but the health of the thyroid is based on the health of all these other symptoms. That's why it's so complicated yeah. because you can give in a medication to help you with your thyroid issues is just really like, you know, it's like the ostrich that sticks its head in the sand and, <laughs> and, and hopes to be invisible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, they just want quick relief. And, and so that's the hard part. And again, nothing wrong with relief, but be very mindful. Like, so unfortunately, endocrinologists, they do not have the tools because they were not taught the tools because they were, you know, taught for dysfunction and pathology instead of wellness and long-term health. So if you go to an endocrinology, they will not be able to look at your hormonal health from a health standpoint. They will just look at fixing the disease with this like bandage solution. So they'll give you the medication right. and send you home. And some doctors will even say things like, oh, your diet has nothing to do with it. I'm like, oh, yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. I know. Unfortunately, I'm also... How she how she said what did she say doctor phobic and uh, yeah I'm I'm all of those I hate it it's like such a waste of time it's true unfortunately I mean doctors have great a great place like if I broke my yes. arm yes. in five places I would be happy to go to a surgeon that can like we put it back together all nicely thank you oh one hundred percent yeah yes. and when Dean had his accident like those doctors are. Yeah miracle mm, people yeah yeah like exactly yeah i just mean like you know like for example like i desmond had a skin rash and like i don't want to i don't i don't want to take him to the dermatologist because i know what they're gonna do they're gonna send me home the they're cream. gonna tell they're gonna tell me oh anything can cause it we don't know where it's coming <laughs> from give you a steroid they'll cream. give me a steroid cream. A steroid yes <laughs> and i know that it's probably something he's eating or lacking and i'll just oh, and you know what's funny what oh did. you know what's the funniest part is that we figured it out that it goes away when he eats liver because it, of the vitamin a he needs vitamin a and i in oh, my wow. genetics and in my see. genetics i have a problem converting like i can't i have to use mm -hmm. vitamin a from animal products Mm -hmm. And he's my son, so who knows? He might have something. Yeah, you know, probably. he's gonna have hey, half my genetics. Ev 
Mara, have you ever tried cod livers? They sell them on Amazon. They're in coming little cans and there's a whole liver. Oh, the, like the in, actual little cod liver? Yes, in cod liver oil. And those things are incredible. Danny's looking right now. I'm for sure going to buy a bunch <laughs> of like, cod liver right now. Don't buy that many. Just get to trying. She's like, don't buy. Because Danny's going to buy like 40 pounds Okay, because right this is the problem. Like if I, if I'm going to eat liver, I'll buy 18 pounds of liver. And then she gets mad that I put. Because it's, yeah, it's so much. It's like overkill. <laughs> We've been eating the liver. We've been eating it. Whatever you don't want, you can send to me. <laughs> where do you, so wait, wait, wait. Where do you buy the it's, cod liver? She says Amazon. Oh, Amazon. Amazon, yeah. They, they're from France originally. And one of my patients in Switzerland turned me on to that. And she was like, yeah, look, I found this because I can't find sardines, but I found this. And I was Amazing. like, whoa. And, you know, if you guys that eat sushi and love sushi, in love Japanese, sushi. in sushi, there is um, monkfish liver. If you, any of you like ever had it, it comes in kind of like a whoa. sausage form. It's oh, yeah? a bunch of livers pressed together and they make this like monkfish liver roll. And then you can have it sliced mm. with ponzo sauce or just whoa, like okay. on a sushi roll. Without, you don't need the rice at all. Ponzo I love ponzo too. sauce, yeah. <laughs> That is the best. So then I was like, hmm, that's really, I love that. And that cod liver. And then I tried it and it's like, it's like butter again. It's like the fattiest, sweetest, most like incredibly delicious mouth in your mouth thing. I'll that's my it. personal treat of choice. But that might be really good for you because it has yeah. a lot of vitamin A. Yeah. Gonna, and it's, gonna, gonna, it's hard two, for me to eat two, liver. So maybe I can eat that. Three. Okay, get two packs of three. Perfect. <laughs> it's a sampler, just a little tiny sampler. Well, it's each, it's each pack is three. It's a three pack, so it's six packs, mm -hmm. and each and each one has like five cod livers in it. So it's yes, a good amount. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep talking about hormones while Danny orders <laughs> yes. his mini cod liver. We're all excited about the cod liver. It's gonna be at my door in like two seconds because it's Amazon. So they're like stalking so me. You guys have to <laughs> tell me. After how you like it, I really I see I'll it on Instagram. Know. The new picture. Yeah. Of the we'll we'll tag sure. you. I will. Okay. So all right. Okay. So anyways, let's go back, back to, to hormones. hormones. So when we're yes. talking about hormones, how? Because I feel like this is another topic where some people are still like, nah, that doesn't really matter. That's that's crap, you know. Like, but how important are you know things that can be hormone disruptive, like either things in our, our environment or our personal care products, beauty products. Cause you know, I'm big with the clean, I'm crunchy. I, I get clean everything. Yes. Clean makeup, clean everything. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I love that. It's so important. And, you know, sometimes I get a little discouraged because whenever I do like a Facebook live or I do a video on YouTube and speak about like the xenoestrogens or the xenohormones, yeah. nobody watches it. <laughs> oh, man. And people don't want to hear it. I don't like, want to hear it. Yeah. Cause it's hard to get rid of it. Yeah, like I feel like people get discouraged because it's like, oh my God, this is too big. I it can't is. face it. It's all around me. But it's actually, you know, information is empowering. And is. yes, we can do a lot because there are hormones everywhere. And that's why we are also hormonal dysfunctional right now, especially in the United States. So it's the plastics. And it's, I walked into a laundromat yesterday, you guys. I was like blasted out of there in within oh, 30 it, seconds. The smell is I right. It's the like, 
like no. off the wall. It's like when you get rid of those things, you're just like, yeah. oh my and gosh, the, it's so but strong. The, 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 it's so the worst one, yeah. like the laundry detergent yeah, is the, I cannot, I'm like, I'm being I can't stand it. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> Me too. It. And the dryer, so dryer sheets are a big Oof, one, like xenoestrogens, xenohormones. So reducing exposure is very possible. And this is where we have power. Just inform yourself, see where they're coming from, and then make little changes. Because what happens is we're back to the liver conversation and the detoxing. We kind of never finished it. (laughs) (laughs) So when you have this extreme exposure to all these extra hormones that they don't really belong in your body, what happens is that your liver is like, okay, we need to get rid of this stuff, ASAP. But Mm -hmm. then the liver is working, 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 and then it gets tired, like everybody that's working 24-7 and overwhelmed. And then finally, it's not able to handle it anymore. And when your liver is like throwing the towel, guess what happens? All the hormones finally get stuffed somewhere. It's like, you know, imagine like the post office at Christmas. It's all this extra amount of mail that's coming through the post office and then it starts getting backed up and they don't know what to do with it. And it gets backed up and it's stuffed, you know, go to the post office on Christmas and there is like boxes everywhere, mail everywhere, you know, it's like piles. And so your body needs to put them somewhere and guess where they end up is in your fat cells because the fat cells are the little storage banks of everything that your body doesn't know what to do with. So the toxins end up there, the xenohormones end up there, you know, the heavy metals end up there, the plastics end up there. (laughs) And then you wonder why you can lose weight. Right. Because the bank is full and your body is like, sorry, but there, there is no way I can detox this stuff. The liver is like, no way. Like, not even look at me. Like, I'm not doing this job. <laughs> That's why. So, and then they start, and guess what? The adipose cells, the fat cells are actually mini endocrine glands. So they have their own ability to produce estrogen. So right. imagine you need to like expand the bank, like this toxic storage. So you need to create more fat cells so you can hide those toxins. And then the fat cells themselves build estrogen. So that's the, one of the cycles, those vicious cycles where your body becomes extremely estrogen dominant. And then it, the estrogen cannot go out through your liver. So it bounces back. And it's, you know, again, the catch-22 situation where like you become hormone toxics, basically. Wow. And, and so we, we do two things. Like, what do we do? One is we try to reduce exposure by becoming crunchy like Maura. And that's, you know, <laughs> the best thing, you know, getting crunchier and crunchier. So we get Danny's so pretty exposure. crunchy. Hey, Danny even uses uh, his natural deodorant. You see, I, I've been yeah, trying to no, get him for years. Now. 100% on board for the yeah. last, how long has it been? At least a year now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is you support your detox and you do detoxes the right way, support your liver, continue detoxing. Like it's like a tub, you know, you want to empty the tub. First you close the faucet and then you open the drain. But if you have the faucet running full blast and even the drain is open, it's still not going to empty. Like you're going to reach a point that's like, you know, it's going to stay half full. But so we need to do both things. We need to close the faucet and then we need to open the drain. Makes perfect sense. I love that. Of course, you gotta. Uh, of course, if you, if you're still bringing in all those toxins from the the detergents and all that, that's not gonna help. Yeah, exactly. It's huge. 
Um, all right. So I wanted to ask you one, because this is a question that I get a lot and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Like, you know, when someone says, Hey, uh, I don't have a gallbladder or, uh, I have gallbladder issues, you know, what are, what are some of the dietary considerations? Like if, if I'm going to do ketosis, for instance, and really the mm-hmm. only thing that I've said before is like, well, you may need some, some bile salts yeah, yeah, for a while, but then, you know, from what I've heard, you know, after a few months, people stop. So I want to hear your more, much more informed. Uh, point of view. That's that's the extent. Yeah, that's of that. what we know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very good generic. Like you know, you're on absolutely the right track there. With the bile salts, is much better than nothing. First of all, yeah. Of <laughs> um, but so there are two slightly different scenarios. One is you already you don't have a gallbladder anymore, and the other one is you're having gallbladder issues. And again, that was me before because I had gallbladder disease for about 15 years before I was able to resolve it. And, you know, I luckily resolved it through nutrition and detoxing before I started keto. But once I started keto, it was like, okay, I was in my gallbladder holding up and it did great. It does great still. Um, You can totally heal your gallbladder. That's not even hard. But it's really important to be supportive. So what happens, the gallbladder, what it does, it just kind of concentrates the bile and like puts it all in a little sack so it can like be larger amounts. But your liver still has the ability to produce the bile. But when the gallbladder is gone, so in the first case, no more gallbladder, you want to make sure that you support your liver all the time. And yes, you can supplement for a while with gallbladder, I mean, bile salts is going to help because it's going to help like you adapt. Their bodies adapt to so many different things. That's why we can survive without a gallbladder. Not, not ideal, yeah. but we can do it because okay. our bodies adapt, you know, and we can support the body through that adaptation. But I think that, yes, to the um, there are bile, um, ox bile salts you can take. And the other thing is continue with the liver support. It's very important. And if you have gallbladder issues, I would say detox, do a liver cleanse, and then support the bile production. Um, another thing, you guys, you know that bile thickness is related to estrogens as well. Oh, That's wow. why a lot of women that become perimenopausal, they have their gallbladders taken out because as your estrogens are high, then it, it, the bile is thickening. So high estrogen and thicker bile are two things that come in the same package. Hmm. And it's very important to detox estrogen so that your bile can be thin again and not be like toothpaste versus water, you know, that kind of comparison. <clears throat> so that's so, what I would do. Uh, when you say uh, support the liver, do you do you only mean um, because because of the bile salts to support the liver or are there other things to support the liver? Well, I use different things to support the liver. I use a lot of herbs and I use glandulars in my practice. So, I, you know, a good, easy way to support the liver is take liver pills. If you don't want to eat liver like Danny and I all day long. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can, there it's are, true. I'm leading liver every day now. Like I at least a little it. bit. She says she smells it. <laughs> I smell it. But you know what? That's because they didn't give it to me when I was young. If I would have, my dad, yeah, you see my dad. I he's, did. And they didn't even tell me it was liver. I remember when I was a little kid, it looked you like You have to steak. do it when they're little. That's and the first like, food we gave them. Yes. <laughs> that was the first food we gave our boys, like crazy awesome. raw, egg, raw egg yolk oh, yeah. or like oh, soft wow. boiled, soft boiled egg yolk uh-huh. with raw, with raw liver inside wow, chop, chopped up. And they loved it. They loved it. <laughs> they did. 
Both of them. You, you guys are like my dream parents. I want to be reborn as your kids. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> if oh you were gosh. reborn, that would be awesome. Because then be you would be just a much more compliant child. You'd, be, you'd, you'd, you'd see the, the value in what we're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> for them. She they would be like, else. I asked to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so she'd be like the easiest child. She wanted to be there. <laughs> and I have some kids. I'm like, you don't know how lucky you guys are. <laughs> It's true. That's funny. I don't well, think I was like that in this lifetime, though. Maybe in the next one, reborn as your child, it would be better. Because ask my mom. If you ask my mom, she'll be like, oh, no. <laughs> it wasn't like that. <laughs> you were a firecracker. That's my little one. He's our Oh, my gosh. He's, he's so intense. <laughs> um, I want to ask you this because it's it's kind of what we usually ask as the last question. But wait, I, wait. I'm not mm-hmm. talking I didn't know. I'm sorry, my love. Go I'm like, I have one more thing I wanted to address. <laughs> because it's, I feel like this is like the new thing. Like everyone has autoimmune issues. Oh, yeah. And oh, so when it, when it comes to hormonal dysfunction, like, and in the think, when we're thinking of like symptoms and how, because hormonal dysfunction can represent so differently in each person. And mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes can it, I think autoimmune disease is one of those ways. I mean, how do you, how do you, how does autoimmune disease fit into this whole picture of hormonal dysfunction? Well, I'm going to blow your mind right now. Sorry, so but excited. in a good way. Um, <laughs> So there is something we study with like the school of nutrition that I it's where I come from is that autoimmune is not a disease. Exactly. It's a phase. It's a phase of disease. I know I hate so, this, that they call it a disease. I'm like, it's reversible. I know, right? It's just so misleading. Yeah. Um, because it's not an end like the the end stop of the bus circuit no you it's just like a phase that you get but it's also very reversible and why does nobody ever talk about reversing autoimmune and that it's totally possible it's a two-way street like it's just your body starts it's not like there is something wrong with your immune system when you go autoimmune your immune system is just overwhelmed and a little confused in that moment because like there is too much stuff going on that gland specifically let's say autoimmune thyroid very typical example so your thyroid has become so damaged and it has you know started shedding and like kind of going necrotic sometimes at small levels but like you know the oxygen doesn't reach the cells there is not enough nutrients the cells are dying too much cells too many cells are dying your lymphatic system is overwhelmed already so what happens is that your body starts trying to clean up the mass and then you add things like gluten for example which is right. through molecular mimicry very similar to the cells that are already shedding off the thyroid. And then suddenly it's everywhere. And your body is like, oh my goodness, it's everywhere. Like, what do I do? I need to clean this up, you know? And so the autoimmune attack is actually your immune system trying to clean up the mess. So what we do, how do we reverse it? And I reverse my Hashimoto's without even thinking about it, honestly. (laughs) It was just gone. Like, I didn't think about it for five minutes. That's why... It does make me mad too when people get like Hashimoto's is a sentence, like a life sentence or like it's one of these, I'm a victim of Hashimoto's. No, you're not. It's just a thing that's happening right now, but it can be gone tomorrow easily. And so what you do is just you clean up and you hear your gland and you support your body and you support instead of giving immune stimulants, you can give immune modulators. 
for example, echinacea, contrary to what a lot of people think, is not an immune stimulant. It's a modulator. I had so, no idea. Oh, wow. <laughs> no idea. That's a, that's a new one for me. That's awesome. Interesting. Yeah, and I'm not a herbalist, but I studied under amazing herbalists like, you know, the Dr. Carol from Australia, Dr. Rhonda Nelson here in the States, my mentor, you know, really incredible doctors. And like echinacea can go both ways. It's, it can like slow down your immune system. It can ramp it up if it needs be. But, you know, we need to know what we are doing when it comes to our immunity because you definitely don't want to do the wrong thing there. <clears throat> there is just, you know, you need to do things in order. And again, the order of nutrition is pretty predictable. It's like we need to open up the drainage. We need to clean up the liver. And then we go into more specific cellular detox. Then we bring in the nutrients. We feed the gland. We rebalance all the different systems of the body. We start with digestion, you know, start with the liver, start with digestion. It's very predictable the way that you work. But once you do that work, it works. And I'm, you know, me living testament and a lot of my clients, I have so many uh, thyroid clients that I work with that, you know, Hashimoto's is down and now I feel better. The symptoms are gone. And it depends when you catch it too, because if you've had it for like 20, 30 years and your thyroid has been like, it's been rampant and you didn't know your thyroid is pretty much gone from the autoimmune process, it's a little more difficult, of course. Right. Hmm. But if you catch it early and there is not a huge damage, the thyroid will heal itself, of course. Any gland, your liver does, you know, everything. Anything can heal itself if done properly. Of course, wow. if they t- remove your thyroid, then it's gone. <laughs> so you know, it's try amazing. not to do that. <laughs> or, or, do or, that. Or, or how about like the other one that, that I see so often, it's crazy because we don't have cable TV, but unfortunately... Uh, one of the apps that we have, like every now and then they'll put like commercials and mm-hmm. every single time it's the like a biologic. Yeah, it's the, yeah, the immunosuppressants, you know, like. Which like, I find to be extremely oof, dangerous to crazy. turn like off your immune system. Off your immune system. I, mean, I can't It's crazy. Imagine. That's probably the worst. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty And bad. that's like one of the first things, like if we ever have family members that are like, uh, I have a family member suffering with autoimmune and I'm like, do not under any circumstances, mm. take immunosuppressants. Yeah. I'm like, 100% right. do not take that. You need to figure out what's going on. Yeah, definitely. So, and yeah. It's a, doctors can be a little dangerous sometimes. Remember, do no harm. Yeah. Yes, do yeah. no harm. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, because, you know, I, I, I had 11 years and doing like medical device sales and, and, um, um, I did pharmaceutical sales at first, but there was one year that I did diagnostic sales and I was selling a TB test <laughs> mm, <laughs> because, you yep. know, which is hilarious. And like, you know, uh, during this time I spent so much time in, you know, you would think infectious disease, you would think all that, but I was more in pulmonologist, um, you know, gastroenterologists, all of these people that are having autoimmune issues yeah, the, um, yeah. and they're they're presenting in different ways, whether it's, you know, a IBS or some sort of other mm-hmm. thing. Or, mm-hmm. But they're just they're all saying, hey, let's just turn off the immune system that that should that should stop it because, you know, the symptoms are bad. So let's stop the symptoms. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little scary. It's, you it know, autoimmunity for me is just a symptom. It, and sense, like, yeah. you know, it's a symptom that you're, there is something there that is like damaged and needs to be healed. 
but mm-hmm. it's the way of your body telling you that. Like we need to really start listening to our body in a different way. And it's not like, oh, this is happening. There is something wrong. And, you know, let's cut it off. But mm-hmm. your body just tells you like the direction where you need to put your attention and then like the direction that your healing needs to go in for you to resolve it. And most of the time, you guys, I feel like healing journeys are just really our deepest teachers, yeah. you know, like they can help us grow as a person, not just like, oh, darn it, I'm sick. There must be something wrong with me or like, why me? Why did I get this disease? This is not fair. Actually, you should say like, thank you because I here have the opportunity to learn something really profound about myself and what much better of a human being I can be once I overcome this obstacle, you know, and how much more I can give back to others. Again, going back to the bigger picture, you know? Yeah. That's amazing because you're, you're, you're bringing me, bringing it back right back to the question that I wanted to ask you, because, you know, we, we usually ask, you know, what, where can people find you and we'll, and we'll let you give you an opportunity to talk about that. But I always like <laughs> to know like what people are kind of up to on the horizon. And I think, you know, we talked about this offline, but I'd love for you to share, you know, where you're taking things um, to the extent you're comfortable talking about, you know, different paths other than just nutrition. Or integrating nutrition into a into a much like you said much larger picture. Yeah, I kind of I'm integrating nutrition into a more holistic, like you know, emotional, spiritual work that I want to do with people, especially with women, and you know, also in doing more work in person because I'm tired of sitting in a room by myself with the computer. (laughs) (laughs) And you guys, I think there is an amazing opportunity to work online and reach people. I have clients all over the world and I love that. And I love working with clients even long distance and guiding them through these journeys of healing. But I also definitely think there is a certain quality and power in being with somebody in person and being able to like, eat together and do things together and sit together and really like communicate and see each other in the face. And, you know, it's, I think that this is where we are evolving back, kind of evolving back into, Yeah, (laughs) you know, it's like being with people instead of all this like online madness that's been going on for the last few years. And just like, you know, we see how far that has gone, but back to my work, um, yeah, I'm I'm becoming more holistic. I would summarize it like that. So the nutrition, the physical, physiological, it's always the foundation, but also being able to go deeper and parallel the physical with the emotional and spiritual. Like spiritual is just a kind of a way of expressing like our higher um higher aspects of our aspirations and you know what are our meaning the deeper meaning of what are we doing here as humans and like those bigger questions that some of us are ready to answer and some of us are not you know so yeah. all levels are valid and but i really love to work with people who are there you know they're there at the big questions yeah. and they're there at the like I don't want to go to the weight loss center and take a pill to lose weight. I want to heal my whole life, my relationship with myself, you know, and understand what I was doing that was really 
creating this disease and look at the behavior patterns and then look at the mindset of like the root causes of where those behaviors come from and dig into that part as well. That's where the juicy stuff is. It's fun. And for me, it's really gratifying because I watch people blossom and flower and expand and, you know, come into themselves and be empowered, you know, into really feeling good inside their body, their essence, you know, and just like thrive. That's what, what it's all about. You know, we all want to thrive. We all want to see our clients thrive and be happy. And yeah, yeah it's that it's sounds like an amazing way to Love spend it. your time. Like, you know, helping people <laughs> like on that level. I, I, I totally, I love it and I wish you nothing but the best. And and seriously, any way that we can help you spread the word, yes. please tell us. Cause I, I honestly, I'm so on board with that. Like, you know, there's so much more work to be done other than like figuring out what to eat and, and exercising. And yeah, it's that's so true. That's amazing. And it's all part of it, you know? And I think also you guys that I love talking with you because you know, a lot of people come from the competition mentality or is it like me or them or they're going to be yeah. doing my program or your program. But oh my it's gosh. not like that. It's like no. we no. are working together to help a greater cause, basically. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And like, you know, your offering is so unique to you. All our offerings are very unique right. to yes. us. And, you know, but we're all here doing the bigger work of like empowering healing and empowering like, you know, consciousness and like trying to create healthy role models, having good, healthy kids, you know, and like how to go through menopause healthy or like, you know, how to have yeah. a young kid healthy. It doesn't matter what phase in life and what specific offering you have. There is a whole world out there that needs our help. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And and you know what? Like I, I, I've evolved past, luckily in that sense, like we, I think any, any type of weird feelings that people get for promoting other people or sharing other people's stuff. I I've gone through that already because I've, I've realized that that's, that's a fear-based mentality where you're, you're afraid that maybe you're not enough. And so, you know, you have to, you need all the help you can get. So like, you know, take from this person, take from this person. And like what you said sums it up perfectly. Like when I realized that the world needs me exactly how I am, right. you know, exactly. And we yeah. all have something like very important to offer the world then that fear, I think, just goes away, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and it's okay to be scared. You know, that's <laughs> I'm facing that a lot lately. I'm oh, like, yeah. You know, I'm evolving, I'm yeah. transforming, and I'm scared. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm really scared of, yeah. oh, my goodness. Like, you know, it's a primal human fears, and sometimes they rear their ugly head. And, you know, but those are our teachers, too. And, like, I'm the first one. I'm really transparent with my process of, like, yes, I'm scared, and I'm doing it. <laughs> Right. Yes, yes, that's and the that's same that, thing with me. That's, okay. that's what happened with me when I quit my job in September. I was like, "Oh my gosh, what am I doing? I, no, no insurance. What am I doing? You know, it's just, yeah, you just yeah. do it. Just do it. What's the then worst? We that can, can all support, right? We can all support <laughs> each other, and that's the beauty of it. Because the moment that we are doing this work together, we can really support each other, and that's like going back to the village, and that's where yes. we have to go back to the human model, like of a global village. You know, like the radio show in LA. <laughs> My friend yeah. Sergio, the global that's, village, but that's, that's what we need to recreate, you guys. And like with yeah. the people that we resonate with, and this kind of work at the level that we're doing right now, it's really beautiful. And you know, 
it's happening. It makes me very, very happy. And thank you so much for the work you do. You guys are super awesome. Well, I can't wait to hear more about all the new stuff and I'm going to be following very closely. Yes. Um, remind our listeners where they can find you um, online and, and social media. Mm-hmm. So the nourishcaveman.com, my blog website, kind of the hub there where it's, you know, it's evolving past that, but right now I'm still there. So you can find me there very safely. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I have a a page for the podcast where people get a little free download and there is like a special offer for a consult if they want. And that's the nourishcaveman.com slash forward slash podcast. And then anything, just Google Vivica Menegats or the Nourish Caveman. I'm everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. Whichever way you come at it. (laughs) I love it. We'll we'll put all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Jesus. 